And hello, it's me, Dan, from the Friendzone Podcast. And who's that over there? It's me, Ryan, also from the Friendzone Podcast. How you doing, Dan? I'm doing very well. i tell you what we're not doing, the Friendzone Podcast. Yeah, let's stop doing that this week. We've just popped over to the, the Britpod Scene Community Centre and the Britpod Scene Street where we all live, haven't we? We have indeed, mate. We've crossed the road from our humble little um, villa on uh, Podcast Lane and we are hosting this month's episode of the Britpod Scene Podcast. And I am delighted to be here. It's a little bit like house-sitting for someone, isn't it? Going through the drawers. I'm going to drink your milk. I'm going to put things in your fish tank and I'm going to look in your cupboards. You shouldn't have invited me over if you didn't want me to do that. What are we going to, uh, what, what's your plans for uh, while we're being substitute teachers? Well, I'm going to keep an eye on you after that charade that you just went through. It's not just me, mate. We've all seen um, that programme where that voiceover guy um, harangues strangers while they're trying to eat. It's a British programme, I've forgotten. Come dine with me. Come dine with me, that's right. And the first thing they do is they run upstairs and they go and have a look in their wardrobes, which is... My very idea of hell. I don't want people <laughs> looking in my cupboard. Somebody, um, I was dating someone once, and the first thing she did was slid my bedside table um, drawer open when she got into my bedroom. As soon as that happened, I pictured saying goodnight and closing the door in her face. In her face, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just snapping some mouse traps on her fingers and saying, "Get out!" Yes, what yes. are you doing? Take these. These are a reminder of your rudeness. There, snap, 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 snappy fingers for you. Um, that won't make sense to anyone who's never heard our podcast. That is a recurring... That's not just an <laughs> awful, misogynistic, violent thing just made up off the spot. That is a recurring joke, which probably is a bit misogynistic and violent, but we don't mean it. It's all in jest. Um, while we're not rifling through their cupboards and looking at pictures of their pets or whatever it is they have around their house, what else are we doing today, Ryan? What the hell is on the agenda? Well, shall I tell you what's coming up? Yes, please. We've got the latest news from a Britpod scene members. We've got a feature interview with Chris from the E.G. Riders Raging podcast. Carla once again heads across the pond in the American segment. And we find out what new podcasts we have as part of a Britpod scene. Oh, new members to fawn over. One of us. One of us. I'm very, very excited. I can't wait to see who's joining us here on podcast lane which is not a term that anyone else but me uses uh but i'm gonna try and make it a thing well first up dan we're gonna go to daniel from Frygays for the news oh all right daniel let's have you comedy geek podcast prove britain's got talent beyond the box set meets screaming queens jojo cast return to state of the sitcom Start the new year with Fact Up. Spotlight boldly go and watch three men and a baby. Rough giraffe go forth. Frygaze has a checkup with Dr. Rob. And now, over to our roving reporter, Frosty. Thanks, Daniel. This is Frosty. And I'm bobbing for apples in the Yorkshire countryside. <coughs> but enough of that, it's time for the news. The Comedy Geek podcast have a great guest joining them. For fans of Britain's Got Talent or CBBS, you'll recognise the hilarious Ben Langley. The Comedy Geek podcast is a great sketch show and you can check it out on your podcatcher. Two of our brilliant movie podcasts have teamed up. Beyond the Box Set, who featured on last month's BPS podcast, and Screaming Queens podcast have got together to discuss the 1950s B-movie, Teenagers from Outer Space. This episode guarantees to be out of this world. Jodgecast are currently recording season two of their State of the Sitcom series. Go find Jodgecast on iTunes, or wherever you get your podcasts, and catch up with the first series now. The excellent improvised comedy podcast, Fact Up, are playing live at the Free Association Rooms in Camden in January. It's a great way to start the new year. Find Fact Up on Twitter for more information. The Spotlight podcast covers all aspects of Star Trek. So when Spotlight go to the movies, what else would they watch other than Three Men and a Baby? Why? Well, it's directed by Spock himself, Leonard Nimoy. The brilliantly funny comedy podcast Rough Giraffe is back for a fourth series. 
Join Mum, Stacy, and Kipper the Wonky Cat as they kick off the season talking about ghosts, goats, and James Cracknell. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or Podbean and follow the show on Twitter at Rough Giraffe Pod. You'll hear more from Rough Giraffe co-host Stacy in the interview coming up later in the show. And finally, the extremely popular Neighbours podcast, Fry Gaze, has the very special guest, Christopher Farrell, who plays Dr. Rob. And here's a fun little fact about Christopher Farrell. He worked on the set of Neighbours as a unit nurse before playing Dr. Rob Carson on the same show. Fry Gaze is hosted by another of our co-founders, Daniel. So if you want to hear more of his dulcet tones, check out his podcast. That's it from me. I'm off to put a guy on the bonfire. Back to you in the studio. Well, thanks very much, you two. That was great. Frosty can be found on the one with Preshar and Frosty. Exactly. So that's uh, the news from everyone. Dan, have you got anything to share with us all? Um, well, I, we've just um, done an episode of our own podcast where we talked about our mountain adventure. We could share that with the folk, couldn't we? Well, uh, we carried a sofa and fancy dress to the top of a mountain. You think that's interesting, do you? Uh, spoiler alert. Well, you've done it now, haven't you? You've done it now. Yeah, what, am I, what on earth am I going to tell them? <laughs> all right, that happens. Next link. <laughs> no, um, we could elaborate. So what we do is Ryan and I have um, carved out a little niche in the internet. We're doing something a bit unusual. You won't have heard of this. We're doing a television review podcast. Now, I know everyone on the earth and their auntie at this point has a television review podcast, but um, we felt that Friends was in need of a little bit of a serving serving up and a, and a consideration that it's it's basically overdue a proper... Westworld style analysis um, because we think it's rich and interesting and also tell you what else is rich and interesting our friendship we've been friends for a decade and a bit now and um, we thought that was worthy of thought so it's two friends doing friends what more could you want jam on it and occasionally we do weird little projects like um, well uh, what have we done in the in the time that we've had our podcast okay we well, go through some greatest hits starting with the uh, Snowden adventure we carried a sofa to the top like I've just said Yes, we did. We carried an orange friend style sofa to the top of Snowden, um, whilst dressed as characters from Friends. It was a very complicated metaphorical reason for why we did that, but you'll have to listen to our podcast to know. Exactly. That's why I led I led with that. What else have we done? Ah, uh, we we went semi viral on Reddit when a theory of ours kind of um uh reached twenty thousand people who all read it. Something that we came up with in relation to Friends kind of reached a mass audience, which was nice. And, um, oh, Ryan made friends with a Geller. Oh, I've made a couple of friends with people from Friends. Well, yes. kind of. Well, I mean, Yuri Geller is not in any way connected to Friends other than he may be Ross's uncle in some weird, Maybe. um, some weird, uh, demented universe. Um, but, uh, yes, you, you, you did make good on one promise because we've always had the mission of, um, from episode one, we had the mission of Ryan was supposed to make contact with someone from Friends, preferably someone who'd been in Friends. And uh, let's not spoil who, but you got someone amazing. like. And um, that person in question blessed our podcast with their wonderful presence. And it was great. It was lovely. There are very few ambitions left for me but <laughs> yeah we kind of peaked at that moment didn't we it's kind of like all oh, right well should we just end it well we here? peaked and then a week later we were on an actual peak on a mountain top so stop going on about the mountain well we've just done an hour's worth of podcast about it mate i'm raring to go i want to tell everyone <laughs> about it um so yeah so that's what we do and that's what we've been doing we uh we sit here together on a cold evening um thinking about the fact that our podcast is nearly a year old and uh and yeah, it's a nice feeling. It's a good feeling to be a podcaster, isn't it? I think they should um, make hats or badges. Who should make hats or badges? I don't know. The president of podcasts. Right. Are we falling out here? Yeah. We're meant to be friends and in front of people we're arguing. All right. I know. I'm I'm sorry. I'm showing off in front of guests. Should we take a little break? I think we I think we need to be on a break. Yes. Yeah, I see what we did there. Friends reference. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Right. While we have a little break, shy just do a little link. Yes, please. Cool. Right, let's go to Stacey from Rough Giraffe Podcast for a feature interview with Chris from the Easy Riders Raging Podcast. Let's. 
Hello, this is Stacey from the podcast Rough Giraffe and today I'm talking to Chris from the Easy Riders Raging Podcast. Hello, Chris. Hi, Stacey. How are you doing? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? I'm very good. Great. So I've got you up bright and early on this lovely sunny Sunday to talk about your podcast. Why don't you tell me a little bit about it? Uh, so Easy Riders Raging Podcast is a retro film podcast. We did a year talking just solely about 1960s films and we currently just talk about 1970s films. So we talk about one film per episode and it's a discussion between me and some friends or me with another podcast on that film and then we do some features at the end of each episode. And when you started this podcast, did you always plan to move on to the 70s or did you just run out of 60s films? Uh, 70s was always the plan, actually. Okay. Uh, that was my initial idea for the podcast. And there were just some films which, some, some key films which were at the back end of the si- at the back end of the 60s. Yeah. And I didn't want to leave those out. And I wanted to be quite completist about it. So I thought, you know what, I'll do 60s and then 70s. That was in the design. There were some really interesting films from the 60s. I do like old films, actually. And I was listening to your episode about The Apartment. Oh, great film. Yeah, that is a brilliant film. I watched that probably about six months ago and that was amazing. And you mention a lot in there, Some Like It Hot, which again is a great film, which I was watching that on a plane flying back from San Francisco a few months ago. And they're excellent films. How do you choose which films you're going to talk about? Uh, it's a combination of things, I guess, uh, what my what my friends want to talk about. I guess it's finding a film that people are up for talking to, talking about. Yeah. Uh, also films I've never seen, I, just some of those I always want to tick off. It's a good opportunity to fill in some blanks on that. And also what's available, that's also a big factor. But yeah, also big films as well. We want to talk about the big films of the 70s and the big films of the 60s. So it would feel like it, if we didn't discuss Taxi Driver or The Godfather on the 70s podcast, there'd be some notable absences. Yes. Where do you watch the films? Are they all on Netflix or Amazon? A lot of them, from my perspective, tend to be cheap DVDs I've bought from CEX, actually. Okay, yeah. I mean, streaming's great, but it's trickier for older films. Yeah, I agree. Sometimes they have it, but not always. Or one service might have it, but not the others. It's, I buy a lot of cheap DVDs. Charity shops are like, they're havens for old films. You just must have shelves and shelves of DVDs in your house. I do, but I do get rid of them after I've done them for the podcast. I, I'll give them back to charity shops. Oh, really? Okay, that's fine then. Yeah, then to look less like an insane hoarder. <laughs> when did you start this podcast? Uh, I think this is at the start of 2017. I think it was in January I started this podcast. It's not the first one you've done though, is it? No, before that I did a podcast called The Spielberg Pod, which was just on films by Steven Spielberg. Did you run out of films? We did run out of films, yes. And so that was sort of the time to make a decision over what to do next. And I think that partly fed into talking about 60s films because from his canon onwards, we were talking about films from the 70s to current day. Yeah. And so we kind of just went back to just before all the Spielberg stuff kicks off. And what did you learn from your first podcast that helped you make this one? I learned that podcasts are really hard work, that, <laughs> that the people who make them are really unappreciated, that they spend a lot of time and effort. I mean, they pretty much give up all their social lives to, yeah. to make podcasts. What else did I learn? I think I learned you had to roll, you have to roll with the punches. Yeah. With some, sometimes, sometimes the audio doesn't come out as well as you would have liked. Yeah. And you have to make the best of things, you know, remain, remain calm, remain organised, um, and, and it, it was just a good experience. Like I just enjoyed doing it. And so I wanted to continue doing it. Yeah. So um, it's a tougher gig than I think most people, because most people be like, well, you just sit around talking. And you go, well, the talking bit is just part of it. There's the prep. There's the post-production. I say post-production sounds like a Hollywood blockbuster. <laughs> More me sat in a Weatherspoons trying to make it sound better. Because <laughs> you can get free coffee refills. So Weatherspoons is... Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. You buy like a 129 coffee in a Weatherspoons and then you can top it up as much as you want. Oh. It's our new sponsor. (laughs) (laughs) How often do you record your podcast? Probably about twice a month, I would say. We tend to do them in batches. Yeah. So typically we'll do two at a time. Okay. I, I mean, we have done bigger batches than that. I think once we did about six or seven in a day. Oh, what? no. I mean, they, they tend to be about an hour length, give or take. Yeah. And I think that yeah, that day was just, it's just talking, but it was 
It was exhausting. Yeah, I think I went to my friends in Bristol to do a batch while I was catching up with him. And yeah. It was a lot of talking. A lot, a lot of talking. <laughs> but like the, the most I've enjoyed podcasting and the, the hardest of that to work is uh, we did, in one day we did three episodes on The Lord of the Rings. Wow. So we did three films in one session, but we, we covered them all in excessive detail. So they were all sort of over two hour podcasts. And we just sat in the uh, office at the bottom of my garden, just talking and on, on a summer's day, three of us just talking like maniacs. <laughs> at the end of it we just didn't want to talk to each other again for weeks but it was such a, a fun day of just like right this is all we're talking about today is lord of the rings it's all lord of the rings all the time yeah that's dedication for sure mm. so you say you get friends to do the podcast with you is there any regular co-host that you have i think my friend kieran is probably the most regular co-host on the show i catch up with him at least once a month to do a batch he, he's probably the, the biggest mainstay of the show and why do you pick him as the main co-host is he a film fan too he is, yes. I think all my friends actually tend to be quite big film fans to some degree or others. But yeah, Kieran's a big film fan and he's very encouraging. I might suggest a film which he doesn't really have an interest in talking about, but he's very up for the chat about anything really. Yeah, it's just somebody who makes me laugh, who I enjoy talking to, that mm. I find it very easy to talk to. Yeah, so at least once a month I'll catch up with Kieran. We'll record two or three episodes and then I'll go for breakfast with him huh. and his family the next morning. It's like a, a monthly routine. We go to the cafe down the road from his house. Oh, that's nice. Do you have a favourite episode that you've done? Not necessarily if the film was good, but the discussion and the episode, good, inspiring, enlightening. I remember the discussion about the apartment actually being a good chat. Mm. I especially like it when I'm able to introduce a film to Kieran that he hasn't seen before. Yeah. I feel like that, well, I get a joy from introducing to somebody a, a classic film. So sometimes people have contacted me through social media and said, oh, I watched that film because you talked about it. Yeah. And I really enjoyed it. And I, that was always very rewarding. It doesn't happen very often, but when it does, uh, so the apartment was certainly one of the films one of the discussions I, I enjoyed the most or uh, yeah. West Side Story which I hadn't seen before so that was a good sort of song filled chat yes and also anytime where there's me my friend Paul and my friend Kieran where there's more than just the two of us there's a slight extra energy the the chat becomes a bit more unhinged but in a good way um so when we did the episode on uh the 1966 batman film that was a lot of fun to discuss it was a very silly film but it was a very <laughs> silly conversation to match and recently we recorded a episode on the godfather which right, is yeah. one of the, the the big films of the 70s yeah and we s said at the start we said oh this sh this shouldn't go crazy long and about two hours 40 two hours 50 later we're like are we still just talking about the godfather it was it was almost a of the film i was gonna say how long is the film <laughs> mm, yeah the film's like pretty much a couple of minutes shy of three hours and oh wow we did it with very minimal notes we just got really carried away because i mean i and all the people i have on my show just really enjoy talking about films yeah and that comes across when you're listening to the show is you can tell that you're not just running through the synopsis of the film it's not imdb and you're just reading something out you can tell that you actually are very enthusiastic and I like the fact that you're talking about the directors and the writers and that sort of not just the actors but what goes on behind the scenes I find that very interesting yeah and we, and we do try and bring sort of a modern perspective to it we don't completely dismiss old films when their politics let's say social politics are regressive but we'll note it we, you know we, we know the things are from the time and we try to bring a I want to say a young perspective but that might be being generous to myself <laughs> but yeah we just enjoy talking about films of all shapes and sizes some uh, people say oh I talked to a friend and they said oh we really enjoyed watching West Side Story for example and they said oh I wouldn't have thought you'd enjoy that type of film but I like, I like films of all shapes and sizes yeah uh, I can enjoy a western a musical a comedy a really serious drama uh, an animation you know it, one of the things I like about the brief being just 70s films is we talk about a complete spectrum of films sort of very small independent films some uh, documentaries, comedies, you know, broad comedies and super serious dramas. I like talking about everything. Yeah. No, no film too big, no film too small. And if somebody new is coming to your podcast, is there an episode that you think would ease them in gently? Well, my key with these kind of shows, I think, is to look for films you know. I think you get, you'd get more out of the episodes if it's films you hadn't seen, perhaps, especially films you've seen recently you had fresh in mind. Yeah. But uh, the introduction, the 
the the first episode of the podcast on the graduate was kind of I think we did introduce the the decade quite well and uh, gave context to who we were and how we were going to approach the film. So I think so I think the graduate it was episode number one. So I guess it's designed to be the most accessible. I think that's a good entry point. But I think you could drop in anywhere really. This is going to sound really weird. <laughs> I mean, I was first aware of your podcast when we set up Britpod Scene. So you were one of the very first members of Britpod Scene. Yeah, one of the laziest members of Britpod Scene. Yes. <laughs> one of me. the first <laughs> and I don't really usually remember where I hear episodes of podcasts but I remember listening to The Graduate as I was running along the beach in Boston wow well you live such a glamorous life you're, <laughs> you're flying to San Francisco you're jogging in Boston whereas I would describe myself working uh, editing in Weatherspoons. so we've I've really painted a contrast between the two of us <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so I have listened to that first episode and um yeah I really enjoyed it so I do I do think people should start from the beginning as you say take the journey with you yeah if there's films you haven't seen though I can completely understand that even my close friends like like Kieran doesn't listen to all the episodes if it's a film he hasn't seen and he he religiously not listen to that episode, but until he's seen the film, that's his, uh, he's got a policy. Okay. And I respect that. I have that with other film podcasts. Like I wouldn't listen to a, like a long review of a film, which I hadn't seen. That's unless it's, how did this get made? Which I would make an exception for. Yes. I don't want to be spoiled. It would be my policy. Um, and we do go into quite a lot of detail in the film. So we, I, we, I, used, I used to be very good at dividing our conversation into spoilers and not. Yeah. But uh, less good at that now. <laughs> so I would I would say, oh, yeah, listen to episodes on films. Well, I was going to say films you like, but we may not like that film. People have to be prepared that we'll give our honest opinions. They're genuinely positive on the show, but not always. So what have you got coming up with the podcast? Uh, so just coming to sort of November, we're just coming out of our big 50th episode on The Godfather. And then we're following that up with an episode on Halloween, which will have just passed, would have been timely. That's the plan at least. Yeah. We've recently discussing a Christmas special, what we're going to do for that to tie in with uh, the new year. What 70s Christmas films are there? There's a few, but we're going to take a slight liberties on that. We're looking to do the Star Wars holiday special. I don't know if you've ever heard of that. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I've seen bits of it, yeah. Same, we, we've just seen bits of it. We thought, oh, that could be fun to talk about. So, Because we, we've just seen clips. And so we're going to try and watch that start to finish for a Christmas special. That's the plan, at least. TBC. Because my original design is to try and do 100 episodes on 70s films and then do another decade. I was recently sitting on looking at the list of big films I still want to tackle, sort of, uh, you know, French Connection, Godfather 2, Apocalypse Now, many, many big films. And yeah. there's, there's, there's too many films. <laughs> I was like, I feel like I have so much left undone in 100. But yeah, just continuing working through the big directors and uh, talking about Robert Altman and talking about uh, some more Woody Allen. There's, there's lots more to discuss. And I'm always hungry to talk about more films. Thank you for talking to me. Is there anything else you want to mention? Uh, one thing i'd mention just the features we do at the end of each episode are always quite fun to do yeah uh, we do a feature called recast drama where we recast the film of current actors and we do a feature called who am i where we work out who we would be who we would be if we were characters in the film <laughs> which almost entirely are minor super minor characters if not created characters and you tend to get mocked by the other host of the show if you pick somebody too big because of ego yeah <laughs> yeah, I picked Frodo for Lord of the Rings and my friends mercilessly destroyed me. They're like, you can't be Frodo. <laughs> and once in a while, we do a feature called Masterclass. We don't do it that often, but we do dramatic readings of scenes. Oh, okay. Which I'm not very good at, I'll tell you now. <laughs> I don't have a dramatic range, but a couple of my friends, like one of my friends is very good at it. He's very good at voices and accents. And I, I just, whatever the, the, the character is, whatever the film is, I just make them British. Of course. Because that's all I can do. I'm not even that good at that, if I'm honest. <laughs> We try and do a mixture on the show of sort of uh, highbrow and lowbrow in terms of we try and give an informed, critical view of the films, emotional view of the films, but also we try to have a good time as well. And we and we do, at least for ourselves, we enjoy the conversation. So it's fun and a proper review at the same time. Fabulous. So why don't you tell us where we can find you on social media? Uh, on Twitter, I'm at ERR Podcasts. I'm now on Instagram, but I can't remember where. <laughs> oh, I think it's just Easy Riders Raging Podcast, one word. Okay. Uh, if they really like the show, they want to support us on Patreon. We're on there. We've got some exclusive bonus episodes. That's patreon.com slash E-R-R-P and yeah I think those are those are the key places and obviously just search on iTunes for Easy Riders Raging Podcast and obviously if people don't understand what their title of the show comes from it's a it's a play on a, a very famous 
book about 1970s films called Easy Riders Raging Bulls. I'm a big fan of that book and that was why I selected the title. I assumed it was an amalgamation of Easy Rider and Raging Bull, but I didn't realise that was the name of a book. It's the best book on film you will ever read. I strongly recommend it. It's all the behind the scenes stories from uh, all the, the big films of the decade. It's all the, all the sex, the drugs and murder and indie film. Yeah, it's, it's an excellent book. Oh, wow. Well... Thank you for talking to me. I'll let you get back on with your day. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to talk to you. Not a problem at all. Okay, take care. Bye. Well, thanks very much, you guys. Well, after that delicate cleansing um, experience, what what should we, uh, what were we doing? Well, we're trying to distract you from us talking about Snowden anymore. Oh, mate, I was trying to get you to say we were on a break. How did you not? Sorry, mate. How did you not? Well, we can always pivot to a new subject. Um, so, Ryan. Yes. How are you finding being in a podcast that isn't ours? It's nice, isn't it? It is nice. Like you say, it's a different setting. We're in this little place. I'm trying to stop you going through all the drawers and setting off the mousetraps. Unsuccessfully, I might add. You little tinker. You know, Ryan, I'm quite tempted to do some sort of Home Alone style setup. You know, rig this place right up. Get some, um, get some elaborate traps placed all around the place. Just for, you know, whimsy and shenanigans. I'm joking, of course. I'm not Kevin McAllister, known psychopath, and a great deal more of a threat than either of the uh, the burglars of that film. That kid needed settling. He needed settling, Ryan. You can't you can't <laughs> go filling paint pots with marbles and hanging them outside. I don't care if you're being burgled. That's entrapment. Stop it. Those men in that film would be dead nine times over. The kid is a danger. He he's it goes way beyond self defence. I'm sorry, Home Alone has made me angry for years. Home Alone makes me angry. Right, I'm glad I've, I'm glad we got this moment to get this off our chest. Oh god! So we 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 take over the Britpod scene podcast, and then all of a sudden it turns into Dan reviewing some movies. So it's bothered him for years. Yes, it does. Okay, um, that's exactly what's happened because I don't have to talk about that bloody sitcom anymore. <laughs> I do love Friends, really. I'm only joking. I just sometimes I want to talk about other things, <laughs> and now I want to talk about. Home Alone is terrible. Um, Terminator is awful. It's got the worst soundtrack of any film. It ruins it, mate. It ruins it. It sounds like somebody has learnt to speak toaster. It's like a metal clanging. That's not a soundtrack. That's not a soundtrack. That is the noise of someone throwing some roller skates into an oven from a distance. (laughs) Unacceptable. That's not a soundtrack. I don't like Grease. Because it implies that you're nothing if a man is not attracted to you. That's a bad message, everyone. That's a bad message. And it's not PC gone mad. It's just looking at something for what it is. Not a fan. I don't like James and the Giant Peach. Because I think (laughs) a fruit that large would rot very quickly. You can't... It is a fruit... Times I said this. A fruit is not a domicile. You cannot live in fruit. That's a stupid idea. Living with a lobster and a caterpillar <laughs> what is it is it james and giant peach it's james mate your your variety of films are across the whole spectrum aren't they you're annoyed with something from each genre a hundred percent i'm even annoyed with um the film ghost which is from every genre seriously try and put ghost in a genre it doesn't work it's a horror it's a thriller it's a romance the only thing it's not technically is a musical but people do sing it so technically speaking you're arguing with yourself now yeah, I am. I don't really need you. You can leave if you like. No, oh, sorry. Don't mean it. I need you more than ever. I wasn't going to go. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, yes. Well, with that lovely bombshell, who are we with next, sir? What's the next segment? Well, it's uh, a lovely Carla from Theme Park Films and Number One Rerun who's chatting across the pond to the For Keeps podcast. Oh, lovely. Sounds very interesting. Hello, this is Carla creator of Britpod Scene, general sweeper-upper, and tea maker. I also co-host Theme Park Films and Number One Rerun, and it's my job to head over the pond each episode and chat to one of our favourite podcasts so that you get to know about them too. Let's see who we've got on. Thank you as always to Rob from Gamma Radio for producing the theme tune for this segment. Rob can be found in his post-apocalyptic show on Spotify, iTunes, Podbean and everywhere else probably. But on to the main part, as I say, 
Who are you? And what's your podcast about? Oh, hey, this is David Peterkovsky. I'm the host, creator, editor, writer, interviewer, and I guess podcaster for a show called For Keeps, which is a podcast about collections and connections. It's basically a show about people and their interesting things that they collect. And in each episode, I take the time to have an in-depth conversation with somebody who collects something interesting or unusual or unexpected. And I've really had a great time getting to know these people and exploring their passions and what interests them and what excites them and what I've found is that they really love to talk about the things that they collect. So it's been a really fun experience. You know, it, it really is a fascinating show. I know myself and my fellow admin, Stacey, from Rough Giraffe, have listened right from the start. And the people you get on, it, it's just mind-blowing. Uh, I mean, my personal favourite possibly was the, the guy that's collected every single single from the Billboard Top 100 uh, simply because I'm really into music. But then you get other ones that you think that you wouldn't even consider. Like the guy that was obsessed with Millie Vanilli. What a fantastic episode. And uh, I won't spoil the ending, but what a great way to end it as well. And, well, I know what my most surprising one was, but let's see if you say the same. So, well, out of all those people, what was the most surprising thing to you that someone collected? You know, it's hard to say which collection has surprised me the most because they all do that in varying ways. I could say some of the ones that were fun for me, the ones that I especially liked. One recent one I did was I spoke with a woman by the name of Samantha, and she is a collector of Etch-a-Sketches, which is, of course, that fun toy where you you have that blank slate and you're drawing, fiddling with the knobs to make a little drawing. Uh, she's collected a bunch of those, and not only does she collect them, she's also an artist who uses the Etch-a-Sketch as her medium. So that was really fun to talk with her and find out how she uh, got inspired and, and literally for her to talk about the inner workings of the Etch-a-Sketch. I learned a lot just hearing her talk about that. And the other interesting thing about her is that she's also a funeral director. So I clumsily attempted to connect Etch-a-Sketches to funerals, and it's kind of a fun thing to listen to. I will say that one collection that did actually truly surprise me was one where I talked to a guy who collects records. He actually collects every song that makes it onto the Billboard magazine charts, and he's been doing this for decades. As a matter of fact, he's got every song that's ever made Billboard's Hot 100 chart dating back to 1958 when the chart originated, and he's got thousands of other records besides that. And he's got all of this in an underground vault below his house, and it's just fascinating to me to think that he's that dedicated to collecting. He also has a business, and he's had this business for decades in which he is a pop music researcher. So having all this stuff handy has undoubtedly helped him in his work, but it's also a personal passion and really an obsession that he, at this point, can't quit. So it was fun to talk to him and to envision this underground cave below his house where he's got all these records cataloged and archived. It was pretty amazing to hear about it. And the one that baffled me the most was the person that collected sick bags from aeroplanes, or I guess you call them bath bags in America. I just... It was such a fascinating episode, and I learned so much about this odd little collection. It was absolutely fantastic. And there's, I even learned there's like a society of, of people that get together and discuss their collection. I just think that's really nice, isn't it? It's great. Whatever floats your boat. So I don't really collect anything. I have a huge Iron Maiden collection from when I used to collect when I was younger, and simply because of the size of it I do carry on each time they release something I add to it but that's pretty much the only collection I have but how about you David do you collect anything you know I get that question a lot and the answer is no I'm actually not a collector of anything really other than stories about collectors I guess actually I'm fairly minimalistic in my house and my workspace there's not a lot of stuff there I guess if there were a couple of things that I might be inclined to collect down the line one is I really like the art of the artist Pete Mondrian who's a Dutch painter who's really famous for doing these geometric paintings with the bright primary colors the red and the yellow and the blue 
I really always like those patterns, and that style has been adapted to everything from luggage tags to shampoo bottles, and I feel like I could probably put together a pretty good collection of Mondrian-themed items at some point. That might be a fun thing for me to explore. I actually designed return dress labels for myself with a Mondrian theme on them a couple years ago, so that's how much I like him. And the other thing I could conceivably collect is they have these Funko Pop, I guess you'd call them figurines, They're little statuettes, and they're very stylized. They have big black eyes on the face, and they've been created for all these different types of characters, including a lot of pop culture characters. So I'm thinking at some point it might be fun to get like a Big Lebowski Funko Pop or a Pulp Fiction Funko Pop, which would actually be a double because it would be the Samuel L. Jackson character and the John Travolta character. They're sold as a set. I saw that not too long ago and thought to myself, that would be pretty cool to get. So that's not out of the realm of possibility for me. But other than that, no, I'm not really a collector. But anything could change at any point. I must admit that pre-Britpod scene, I hadn't heard of Funko Pops, but... But now I follow all the other podcasts on Twitter that are in the gang, if you like. And they post so many pictures of Funko Pops that I am now fully aware of what they are. And uh, yeah, I could see that would that could be a fun thing to collect. They seem to have one of everything. I wouldn't be surprised to log on and find one of myself. How long have you been podcasting for? I started podcasting in the summer of 2017. Before this, I had done some voiceover work for another podcast called Stuck in the 80s, which has been going on, gosh, since 2005 now, I think is when it started. Pretty early on, I contacted them and said, you guys need an intro and you need some music. And I voluntarily gave them those things and they've been using them ever since. At least last time I checked, they were still using them. And it's been probably a decade that my voice has been on that show. But then I never did a show of my own. I had thought about it. I I knew I loved the idea of podcasts, but I never really came up with a good idea for one until just, I would say, the spring of 2017, where I came up with this idea of doing interviews specifically with collectors. I thought that would be an interesting angle and would make for some interesting conversations. And then it all came together pretty quickly. And my first show went online in July of 2017. And now I'm finishing up my fifth season, which is my shorthand for doing six episodes at a time. I called them seasons. And I'm finishing up season number five. So that'll be 30 episodes. And I can't believe I've done this many and I've got ideas for many more. So the saga will continue. That's very good to hear. And for the lucky people that are yet to discover your podcast, my God, you've got a treat of a back catalogue to listen to. So whereabouts in America are you? And can you tell us a fact about that state? Okay, so I am in California. Specifically, I'm in the San Francisco Bay Area, but I'm not in San Francisco. I'm across the bay from San Francisco in a city called Oakland, which is a city of about 400,000 people. We are connected to San Francisco by a bridge, not the Golden Gate Bridge. It's just called the Bay Bridge, but we can see the Golden Gate Bridge not too far away. And uh, I've been living here about 20 years now. I'm actually originally from the East Coast of the U.S. I grew up not too far from Washington, D.C., and then I lived outside of New York City for a number of years as well. A fact about California. Well, I mean, everybody, when they think of California, I think they think of L.A. or they think of palm trees or beaches. But of course, California is huge and there's a lot going on here physically and in terms of the people as well. And in the San Francisco area, it's really different from L.A. And one fun fact I can tell you about San Francisco is... Well, first of all, San Francisco is known for its fog, which particularly in the summer can be brutally cold. I mean, it comes in in the morning off the ocean, burns off during the day, and then as the temperature cools down, it comes back again. And it's so persistent in San Francisco that it's actually been given a name. And the name of the fog in San Francisco is Carl the Fog. That's Carl with a K in case you need to look him up. And I think he actually has a Twitter feed, Carl the Fog, so check it out if you're curious. I will definitely check out Carl the Fog and San Francisco has been on my list of places in the USA I'd like to go to next. So yeah, maybe I can arrange a visit with Carl. I don't know if he takes visitors, not sure. What we all want to know, of course, is do you listen to any British podcasts? I do listen to some British podcasts. I've actually listened to this one a little bit just to familiarize myself with it, of course. But the one that I listen to the most would be the Rough Giraffe podcast, which is a favorite of mine. Although I guess technically it's not a British podcast anymore. Now it's a British and Spanish one since mum is down in Spain. 
it's been fun to hear her adapting to her new locale, and it's added a bit of Spanish flavor to the show, which has been kind of fun. But I love that show. It cracks me up. I'm frequently listening to it in my car and laughing out loud like a maniac, which must look very strange to the people driving alongside me. There's another British podcast, and I don't know if it's going to be a long-running podcast or if it was just a show that was developed to coincide with a book release, but it's called F.U. Very Much, and you can guess what the F stands for. And it's a show, I I don't have the author's name in front of me, but he and a co-host talk about the epidemic of rudeness in today's culture and the various effects that rudeness has on all of us. And I guess there's a book that I probably ought to go back and read at some point, but if I never do, at least I've listened to the podcast and gotten a, a sense of their sense of humor and their take on the subject, and it's very entertaining. I highly recommend it. So what you're saying, David, is you listen to Stacy's podcast, who isn't the admin that's flown all the way to meet you, because we're definitely not recording this separately. This is live as I'm sure is apparent, definitely not edited together. And you forget to mention that you're an avid listener of Number One Rerun, as well as Theme Park Films. Bit upsetting. (sighs) But since you've got a great show, I'll forgive you, you little scamp, you. And of course, everyone should listen to Rough Draft because... It should be everyone's favourite podcast. Whereabouts can we find you on social media? Okay, I can be found on social media in three different places. Facebook now, which is brand new for me. I'm not a huge Facebook guy, but I bit the bullet and finally did it. And Twitter and Instagram, and in all three places, you can find me at For Keeps Podcast. And of course, don't forget, David also has a website, www.forkeepspodcast.com. So definitely head over to there as well. Now this is just a quick test, just to see how well you would do if you came over to visit us. So if you met someone and they said, Oi David, have a butcher's at my collection of crisp packets. What do you reckon they'd mean? Okay, I don't really know what that means, although I I know what part of it means. Crisp packets, I think is potato chips. That's what we call them here, and I believe you call them crisps. As for the butcher's part, I have no idea. Sounds a little frightening, actually. Nothing to be scared of. It's okay. Butcher's just means have a look. So it's Cockney rhyming slang, and it comes from butcher's hook, which rhymes with look. It's probably more of a a London thing, I would think, but it's certainly said a lot round where I'm from, and you just say, rather than have a look, have a butcher's. And you're absolutely bang on. Crisps are potato chips here, which sometimes when when you first go to America takes a little bit of getting used to, because you ask for your, uh, you know, hamburger, and then you say, with chips, and they'll bung a packet of crisps on the plate. And because you're British, you don't say anything you just say thank you very much and then you sit there and eat your packet of crisps when you actually you wanted some nice juicy hot fries anyway i digress thank you so so much for coming on the show it's been an absolute pleasure having you so we really appreciate your time this has been fun thank you so much bye what a nice guy once again i'm carla with a cold so I don't always sound this nasally I usually sound way worse and you can check out my newest podcast number one rerun on all platforms and my long running one theme park films too back to Ryan and Dan in the studio just one question did you eat my sandwich? Well, thanks very much, guys. I'll say this to you, Carla. I hope your cold improves. I'm not even going to eat your sandwich. I'm not going to eat it. I'm going to throw it in the bin. So, you know, deal with that. I'm going to throw your sandwich in the bin and I'm going to send you a picture of it rotting there. I don't know why I'm being so aggressive. I don't think I was loved enough when I was a child. I don't think you understand how much you talk about rotten food. Why is that a thing at the moment? (laughs) But I'm angry about James's peach. It's a ridiculous film. It's ridiculous. James and a giant peach.
can think of nine other things that would be better. A hot air balloon is already... Oh, so... How how could it be preferable to float in a bloody giant peach than, than a hot air balloon, which is built for the purpose of it? Uh, it makes me so angry. Oh. And there's a pit in the middle. Why, why are they implying it's hot? Oh, stupid. It would have no structural integrity. It would flop in on itself. Stupid film. Um, but anyway, while, while I try and... Um, relax a little bit uh force all this fury back into a pit in my stomach um so um what's coming up next well next we have a, a little meetup of some of the Britpod members dan we had a little meetup we can't obviously go because we live in the middle of nowhere the depths of england indeed i look forward to seeing where they're all collecting it's in the mythical far-off fairy tale land of basingstoke is it not it is indeed, I believe. Well, let's go over to them now and see what they're up to. Hi, so we're at the Basingstoke Discovery Centre. We've come along today to do a awareness raising event about podcasts, trying to encourage more people in the UK to listen. Um, and we're starting with our local community. I've got four other podcasters here with me. James from the Bottomless Pit podcast, Chris from the Age of Victoria podcast, and Mike from Genuine Chit Chat. James, you were speaking to someone just now. What kind of topics was he interested in? Yeah, he was very niche. He had uh, interests in things like carpentry and target shooting. And I was showing him the, the Apple Podcast app because he had an iPhone. And he, I invited him to type in something that he might want to search for in an episode. And he typed in Fermat's Theorem. And I'll be honest, I was stumped. But the Apple Podcast app came up with endless results for episodes of various shows that have the topic of Fermat's theorem so that yeah it was it was a really good demonstration of how absolutely any hobby any idea any topic can be covered in a podcast that's amazing thank you very much for that um Chris you were speaking to someone earlier about uh, podcasts yes so we had a very nice lady stop past because she's got a ipad she's got the tools that she needs to podcast but she doesn't really quite know what it means so we had a nice chat about her interests about how we could find something that would fit in with those and I think she went away a lot more confident about what she was going to be able to do and with a little bit of support and a list of podcasts I think she's actually going to go away and experiment and it's one of the big things about IT is people are often afraid to experiment as we were actually chatting about earlier so the more we can encourage potential listeners to just get out there and give it a bash the more successful it'll be thank you and mike you've been designing a kind of quick guide to listening to podcasts and you've also put together a list of themes of podcasts um, well, essentially, um, over the sort of year I've been doing podcasting a lot more, um, I've had a lot of people sort of ask recommendations. And when I want to sort of recommend people shows, of especially podcasts that I listen to, I started compiling a list on my phone. And then over time, it's just grown and grown and grown. And eventually, I started putting them in genre order. And then I just thought, this is actually a really helpful thing to use, especially for those who are uh, new to podcasting. So I thought, you know, one of the big things, if you just said to someone who's never listened to music go out there and listen to music they'd be so stunned by the choice it'd be quite difficult to pick things up but if you can give people just like a general idea and a guide you can kind of give them the first few steps and it can open the door for them so they can pursue their own sort of way thanks mike so uh we're still here at the library and we're hoping that a few more people will will come and talk i've been doing sweeps of the library to encourage people to come and talk to us about podcasts i read recently that 13% of the people in the UK actually regularly listen to podcasts and um, I'm on a mission to turn that into a, a larger percentage. I feel it's a shame that there's there's so much good quality entertainment and information out there in the shows and people just aren't aware and it's fine if they're not audio fans if they don't like listening to things but for those people who could use them it's such a missed opportunity so we're doing what we can to raise the awareness. And thank you very much to the Discovery Centre in Basingstoke for allowing us to host this event today. Well, thanks very much. Sounded like they had a lovely time together there. Um, certainly a very interesting one. Uh, while we're talking about our neighbours on Podcast Alley, why don't we cut across and find out who the newbies are so that we can inculcate them? See who the new neighbours are, peer through some windows and see if we can rustle through some new drawers, Dan. Exactly. I'll put on a nice slinky dressing gown and um, make a absolute display of myself as <laughs> as uh, as I'm known to do. Um, 
So let's go back on over to Stacey at the Rough Giraffe podcast to fill us in on who is new to the Pod Scene family. Hello everybody, it's Stacey here again and I'm back to tell you all about the new members that have joined Britpod Scene in the last month. Our first podcast is called The Femcyclopedia Podcast and it's hosted by Olivia and Joe. The Femcyclopedia Podcast talks about inspirational women from history and is a celebration of women that may not have been in the limelight but actually did quite a lot to inspire or advance society in one way or another check out the femcyclopedia podcast on your podcatcher and find them on twitter at femcyclopedia the next show is called movie drone podcast the movie drone podcast is hosted by mark and steve and they talk all about the latest movies if you want to keep up to date with what's in the cinema then the movie drone podcast is for you you can find them at movie underscore drone on Twitter. If you're looking for fun chat and discussion, then check out I Am KP podcast. I Am KP is spelt I A M K A Y P E E. And you can check out KP on Twitter at I Am KP, and that P has three E's getting very confusing kp and our last new member for this month is the american fitball cast the american fitball cast is hosted by andrew and stephen who talk all about american football now these guys aren't american they're scottish i know it's crazy go and find the american fitball cast on twitter at the af cast and if you're interested in American football, go and find them on your podcatcher. That's it for now. You can find these podcasts and more on our website at BritPodScene.com as well as checking out all the latest episodes and news from all of our shows on Twitter at BritPodScene and Instagram. And we also have a discussion group and a Facebook page on Facebook, where you can come and talk to the hosts of these shows. Okay, that's it from me for now. See you next month. Thanks very much, Stacey. Always good to have some fresh blood, and I mean that metaphorically. I'm not a vampire, despite my ageless good looks and my fondness for lace cuffs. Um, You're one for lies, aren't you? I do like to lie, yeah. No, do you know what's interesting? I only lie when I'm podcasting, because some people call it joking. But you, but you take it as a betrayal of trust every time I say <laughs> something that isn't true. Um, you're like that isn't true. You pull, pulling no on my sleeve while I'm, this. while I'm talking. That's. A, I bet you love James Van Dyne Peach. I do love. I was that boy. I was that boy in that <laughs> peach. No stupid film, and I, you'll never get me to enjoy that film. I still. Why do you keep bringing it up? It's like you want me to be angry. It's like you need me to, be- to to say. You'll never get me to like that film. Like, it's something I've set on a quest to do. I well, you keep raising it enough. I think that's the first time I've said it. It's been you. You somehow linked from Home Alone to Terminator to Ghost to James of a Giant Peach. <laughs> you say that like that doesn't make any sense. Like, that's mental ping pong. It's actually completely sensible. At, at some point, um, you talked about throwing some roller skates into an oven. If people haven't listened to the first bit, then what are they going to make of that summary, eh? If people are downloading your podcast and then skipping straight to midway through it, they've got bigger problems than not knowing what bloody ovens sound like if you throw metallic objects into them. You might like certain segments, Dan. Can I say this to you? One of my biggest adult dreams when I was like 15, 16 was the first thing I'm going to do when I get my first big pair of adult shoes is to buy a pair of uh, (laughs) Heelys. And it's the only thing I haven't done as an adult. Uh, It's not the only thing I haven't done as an adult. I haven't thrown a wet muffin at a wall and said Geronimo before. I've done those things separately, but I've never done them at the same time. And probably it's good that I haven't done that because that's a waste of muffins. But um, the main thing I haven't done is that Heely thing. That was was such a big dream of mine. I was literally sitting at home one day waiting like, oh, I can't wait to be a grown-up. My shoes are going to have wheels in them. And I've never done it. And I happened to be listening to a podcast the other day where somebody said as adults, they bought some Heelys because they've got small feet and um, they couldn't use them. They were too... Because an adult has that fear of mortality that they're like, 
they have they have that sense of mortality where they're like i can't fall over so i can't take any risks because if i fall over my bloody bones will crumble because that's what being an old old person means i'm scared of falling unless <laughs> my bones you know I... you're right you're a clumsy ofo i can't see you navigating a pair of heelys at all no definitely not i've tried them i've tried i've, I, I've tried them as a like a, an, a kid and i just remember thinking once i've got my you know once i develop my um sense of balance as an adult which is my birthright um i will be able to <laughs> you're still waiting i'm on still that waiting one. on that one i'm waiting for a full head of hair that hasn't happened um and um i'm waiting for life to make sense really that hasn't happened either um i'll tell you a good life life movie you could watch if you say james and the giant peach i'm gonna tickle your bloody head i think it's best we move on then okay right good James and the Giant Peach. Why is it called James and the Giant Peach? Why is it called that? It should be called Freak Veg... That's what it should be called. It should be called Freak Freak Piece of Fruit and There's a Boy. It shouldn't be James. James is not the... Why is James got top billing? He's not the most fascinating thing. It's the peach. You don't go to a film to watch... You don't go to a film about a giant peach just to find out about some little boggle-headed boy... You're interested in the giant pier makes me so angry. You've done it again. Oh, You've sorry. Done it I'd even have to say the name of it to set you off. James of the Giant Peach. Right, I think we need to go. I'm going to... Right, that's it. I'm getting my shoes on and I'm going to go to the nearest grocery store and I'm going to fist punch every peach I see. I've told you before, <laughs> I don't like fruits if you have to shave them first before you can eat them. Disgusting. James of the Giant Peach. I'm amazed that he didn't burst into flame the minute he tried to get in that peach, and as he walked up the hairy sides of that disgusting, a fruit is not a building, guys. Why do people? I oh, know. I'm so angry. I'm so angry. Let it go. I can't let it go. Soon I'll be talking about Suicide Squad, which is even worse. And we're not. We don't do movies. Right, we'll leave it to the movie. We'll leave it the to the guys, movie squadron, right? of which there are many beautiful and talented. Um, well, I mean, their visual aspects got nothing to do with it. They're just talented, but very, very talented um, people doing some wonderful movie review shows in the Brit- within the scene family. Why don't you have a look, for goodness sake? Indeed, check it out, Britpod Scene. We've got check the website, check for all the social media means: Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Very active. And it's got all the links to everyone on there, all different genres. There's going to be something for everyone, Dan. I'll tell you that for free. Absolutely. And if you want to hear two old chums discussing friends... And occasionally other things, but definitely not films about giant fruit and little boys who live in them. Then you've come to the right place. Um, come over to our house. We'll have you over. It'll be very comfortable. I will sit an appropriate distance away from you and smile in a very soothing manner um, because I'm a good host and excellent company. So I hear. But he will not let you go for his drawers. I will throw a peach at you that has a little boy that lives in it. <laughs> <laughs> James and the Giant Peach. Peach and the Little James, it should be called. Let it go. Monstrous Peach and just a boy who lives in it. Why why are you living in fruit? Oh, I'm so angry. (laughs) I'm so angry. Let's go. How can a world... Right, yeah, we should go home, shouldn't we, really? Um, It's getting late. It's getting late. We'll lock the doors and we'll get ready to hand the keys over to the next next guys. Yes, we will. Um... We'll probably sow some shrimp into the... Uh... I went to Switzerland recently and um, they had breaded shrimp as part of the um, extra value menu in McDonald's. No. Serious? Yes. Yes. 100%. Breaded shrimp. Like the mozzarella sticks we get here. They got breaded exactly. shrimp. Breaded shrimp. Oh, mate. The mind breaded boggles. Shrimp. The mind does boggle. Now you're interested. They also have mustard, the same mustard that you have inside the burger as a dipping sauce. Yeah. Mm. Comes out. Does it come out a little tap? Why on earth would you think that? I don't know. Even when I asked it, I thought, do I well, want to know the answer? I mean, I'm not even going to dignify that with a response. It's so ridiculous, is it? Is it? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just glad we're not talking about James and the giant. Oh, I hate that film so much. Right, I'm going to turn the lights off. Um, it's been a real pleasure. Thank you for having us over. Thank you to all the contributors today. Thank you for telling us about your sick bag collection. That was very interesting. Uh, yeah, if you ever want to have us over again to house sit or dog sit, they don't have a dog today. It's dead or missing, so I haven't seen one. There's a wonky eyed cat, but let's move on. Close enough. Wonky eyed cat? Mate. Do you mean smelly cat? 
Smelly cat. Smelly cat. What are they feeding you? It's not that neglectful if they're remembering to feed it. Well, I suppose there is more to... Uh... You, you see this um, You see this little dribbly nonsense coming out of my mouth right now. This is why we have to go home. What are our social media links, Ryan, so people can come and visit us if they wish to? Well, if they don't find us via the Britpod scene website, they can find us on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram at the Friendzone Pod. Just come over, have a little look. See if you like us. If you do, join us. Come over, like you say. Sit on the sofa with us. Exactly. And we'll show you a nice movie. Come on over. Come on over, everyone. Um, well, we probably won't show them a movie, Ryan. We'll probably show them an episode of Friends, you absolute ding-dong diva. <laughs> I, was, I was trying to dip my toes into the peach thing again. Sorry. Oh! I don't, why must you do this every time? Why must you show me up in front of company? It's just easy, mate. Do it yourself. That is true. Well... Each peach pear fuzz, whatever that song is. What is it? Each peach, each peach pear plum. Is that it? If you like, I'd, yeah. If you like, I don't know anymore. I don't know. Um, yeah. Why don't we just sign off the way we usually would and say, this has been an episode of the Britpod Scene podcast. I've been a friend zone podcast host called Dan, and I've been a friend zone podcast host called Ryan. Yeah, and we're fluttering off into the night like a couple of. Um, stray pieces of confetti from a long forgotten wedding <laughs> with that image <laughs> burnt into all of our minds let's um let's flutter off goodbye everyone goodbye